So what are the odds that Indiana football is bowl eligible this season? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, August 16th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jake Rude. want to thank you guys for stopping in and making us your first listen every single day. We've spent a lot of time talking about IU football as fall camp moves forward as we get closer and closer to kickoff against Illinois on September 2nd. What we haven't done entirely yet is basically predict what the the team's record is going to be. Last week, we kind of broke the, the games down into tiers of kind of winnable games, toss-ups, upset bids, and games IU probably isn't going to have any chance. So you can go back and listen to that for kind of a more general look at it. But I thought in today's episode, we could simply predict every game and get a sense of what IU's win-loss record could look like, what the chances of them being bowl eligible would look like. If you want kind of the mathematical, as much as there can be a mathematical equation for this, ESPN's Football Power Index, which I don't put a ton of stock into, uh, they have IU going uh, basically 4-8. and eight. Uh, They project 4.2 wins with their algorithm. Uh, a chance at 6 wins being 17.1%. Uh, so a very small chance of being el- bowl eligible, but a chance nonetheless, which I think is kind of reflected in what we said last week in that IU is going to have some winnable games, some toss up games, but it, effectively they're going to have to win almost all of those to be bowl eligible. And the odds of winning all those, especially as IU football are slim to none. So we're going to break it down in groups of four in today's episode, four games in each uh, each section of today's podcast, each segment, predict the wins and losses. We obviously start with Illinois. I think IU has a pretty good chance here. I, I really do. Um, look, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. We've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. The way they've handled this preseason and just being – so adamant that they do not want to have anything leak out. They're keeping everything under wraps. I do think uh, put some pressure on them that they need to win this game. So I, it's going to be a tough one, uh, but IU is going to come in as a five-point favorite. Illinois is not a great team. Indiana is going to have some film on them. Uh, they will play before meeting IU. I believe it is Wyoming that they play. Uh, so Indiana will have some film on them. Uh, Illinois will not have film on IU, so we'll see how much that matters. I do think Indiana opens 1-0. If I'm being honest, I think Indiana opens 3-0, just kind of jumping ahead. Illinois is a little bit of a toss-up. It's a Big Ten game. I don't think it'll necessarily be an easy win. Uh, I feel differently about the Idaho and Western Kentucky games. Idaho is the most winnable game on the schedule for Indiana. They should not be losing that in any way, shape, or form, nor do I think that it'll be close. Um, I, I would imagine that'll be a blowout similar to last season. If it's not, then we should really be worrying about Indiana moving forward. Western Kentucky, kind of similar boat. 
Uh, it was a better Western Kentucky team last season, uh, and it was on the road, and Indiana beat them narrowly, but did beat them. Uh, they have they've had some QB turmoil there. They they have a new they were going to name a new quarterback. A quarterback's left. It's similar to the LSU drama from Monday as well, where a quarterback left while he was in the middle of a a competition, which kind of indicates who won the battle. But uh, there's some stuff going on there with him trying to figure out who the quarterback's going to be. IU doesn't know who his quarterback's going to be, but I would imagine that they're going to have a more talented team. They should. Again, their first three games being at home, I think, is really important for this team. It's similar to what we saw with the football, t- or excuse me, the basketball team last season, where so many new faces having kind of a, an on ramp into the season, home games against not tough opponents is is nice and needed. So having three straight games at home to open the season with Illinois being the toughest of those games is a very forgiving start to the season. They'll pay for it later on in the year, but it's a forgiving start to the season. I think they'll start 3-0. and The worst-case scenario, they start 2-1 and with a loss to Illinois. It'd be a frustrating loss to Illinois, I think. But if they start 3-0, and that is a, a great, great way to bounce back from last season, surpass your win total from last season three weeks into this season before you even get out of September. That would be fantastic. Uh, it's going to be needed because I do not see them winning on September 24th at Cincinnati. Uh, this is a really good Cincinnati team, even if it did had to replace Desmond Ritter, among others from that team last season. Still a really good Cincinnati team playing on the road, the first true road game of the season for Indiana. Uh, that Cincinnati crowd's going to be rowdy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not a night game, kind of a, a marquee non-conference opponent, even as bad as IU is having a big 10 team in there uh, is, is not something that they have often. So I could see that being a night game. Uh, no matter, no matter what the case may be, I think Indiana is going to be a pretty good, pretty good size underdog in this one. I see them losing that one, but again, three and one in non-conference play is, is really good. Um, if there's ever a season where you did not want to play a Cincinnati, it would be this one because if you could start a perfect 4-0 in non-conference play, a bowl game is suddenly within reach and we'll kind of that's some foreshadowing for later, but Indiana's going to need all the wins it's going to it can possibly get, uh especially in non-conference play to try to steal bowl bowl eligibility basically this season. It's going to be a tough ask, but going 3 and 1 is a, a decent enough start if that is what they're able to do. We'll jump into the start of real Big Ten play. I know we open with Illinois, but that one barely feels real. We'll start with the real Big Ten play here uh, in just a moment. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one source online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Uh, I mentioned earlier, IU is favored by five points against Illinois. That is from BetOnline. IU's over-under for wins is four this season. Uh, Play along with me as we kind of predict these games. Make notes, and if you get IU over four games, throw some money down on that. Uh, See if you can come away a winner uh, this fall 
BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Big shout out to everyone uh, who has subscribed to us over at YouTube. Thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first watch every day as well. Be sure you, uh, those of you that haven't, head on over there and uh, subscribe as our community is growing. Indiana opens quote unquote real Big Ten play at the start of October at Nebraska. <clears throat> we filed this one under a toss up game last week, but. It's one of the tougher toss-up games, being a road game against a Nebraska team, which should be better, even though it's still a Scott Frost team. And IU won at Nebraska last time they were there. That was a a fun victory to have, but that was a a much, much better IU team. Uh, Unfortunately, this is a very unproven team. Maybe they're able to do something in the first month of the season to, to change my opinion. It's very possible. But right now, as I sit here in the middle of August, I will file this one down as a loss to Nebraska uh, on the road. Winning on the road is going to be tough enough. Winning on the road against a pretty decent Nebraska team is going to be a a tall, tall ask. Things would have to have really went haywire for Nebraska, um, which is possible. Again, it's a Scott Frost team, and I don't have a lot of faith in Scott Frost. They, They open against Northwestern and Dublin, Ireland, uh, they'll have played North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Oklahoma before they get to Indiana, which is their homecoming game. So there'll be a lot of people there. I'd be surprised if Indiana comes away with this one. Uh, so you're looking at now four and two for the Hoosiers through the first uh, a little over a month into the season. Uh, then you're getting into some games that I don't think will be all that close. We did Michigan uh, versus Michigan. I wrote that one in as a no chance. I know Indiana plays Michigan tough. This could very easily end up 32-27, some wild score like that, with or 33-27 either even, with Michigan winning in overtime or something along those lines. Just because I'm saying no chance doesn't mean I think we'll get blown out. I just have seen Indiana's song and dance many, many times against Michigan. It's really frustrating. And I say that even having watched them beat Michigan uh, in twenty in the COVID year, 2020, but everything about that year feels odd. And as much as, as much fun as that was, uh, that was a really bad Michigan team and a really good IU team. So if IU can beat this Michigan team, then yeah, I, I may change my tone in future IU Michigan games, but uh, this Michigan team feels like it's going to be a really good one. And IU just does some funky things against Michigan for better and for worse. So I have that one under a loss. Maryland, though, is one that I have as a toss-up again. This one is in Bloomington. There's a chance. Uh, It might be one of their better chances at a toss-up game, at a toss-up win, because it's in Bloomington. But this Maryland team feels kind of a step above Indiana. And there's been a lot of talk about this Maryland team. Uh, I was at Big Ten Media Day. There was a lot of people talking about Maryland uh, on day one there. So there's some expectations there. Those can be good. We saw those can be really bad. And maybe this Maryland team collapses and Indiana is able to come away with a big victory. But 
right now, again, this is all kind of predicated on preseason expectations and what we know about these teams three weeks before the season begins. Three weeks before the season, I think this Maryland team is going to be pretty decent. And because of that, I have them beating Indiana to drop them to uh, four and three. Excuse me. Uh, they do not have four wins. They have three wins in this. So they are three and four, actually, uh, in my prediction right now with that Maryland loss. The good news is they come back the next week, even though they have to travel to Rutgers. This is a bad Rutgers team, a Rutgers team that is probably worse than Indiana. Again, if you look at FPI, that is the one Big Ten East team that is slated to finish below Indiana is Rutgers. So IU might even be favored in this game. Uh, I'd be a... I'd probably be a little surprised are you being favored in a road big 10 game. I think this will be one of the closest uh, big 10 games of the season, uh, but Rutgers is picked right now by FPI to be the worst team in the big 10. Um, less than four wins is their projection. There's not a ton of difference between IU and Rutgers, but enough that I'm feeling good. I'll predict IU to be four and four, eight games into the season, which feels that feels like it would be a, a pretty good start, not start two thirds of the way through the season. I would feel good about Indiana being four and four. That's right at there over under uh, forever, for however much that matters. It sends him into the final four games of the season, needing only half of those to come away with a bowl win. The problem is, as is always the case in the big 10 East, Half those games are her most three quarters of those games left are against top teams. So uh, it'd be awesome if we we're in the Big Ten West and we needed two wins out of our final four games because we're probably playing um, a Purdue, which I guess we are here, but an Illinois more regularly, um, maybe a crossover with Rutgers, something along those lines. But uh, even I would even take a Northwestern. Uh, or a game like that, or even a Minnesota on most seasons, versus the schedule we will have, the final four games, versus Penn State, at Ohio State, at Michigan State, versus Purdue. You try to find me two wins out of that one. We'll take a look and see how I predict the final uh, four games of the season to go in just a moment. So... Uh, versus Penn State to kick that one off. I can't sit here and say Indiana has no chance to get pinned against Penn State at home because the biggest win of the Tom Allen era, one of the biggest wins the program's ever had, came at home against Penn State. So uh, however much that matters, it'll be interesting to see. It'd be fun to put this one under the lights and try to recreate that, maybe just do it later in the evening. Uh, that 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 game in the COVID year is just going to be, be – stuck in fans minds so much i believe this i believe this is the first time that penn state returns to indiana since that game so maybe some fans will be rowdy for it and reminding them of it i'd love it if that was the case but i don't expect it will be so um this is a, again a good penn state team i don't want to say they're out for revenge because they got their revenge last year but they're going to use that game as motivation as long as they can. They're not going to want to come here and have a similar thing happen. So I think it'll be a pretty focused and motivated Penn State team that'll come in and 
come away with the victory in this one, dropping Indiana back under 500. I don't have to spend long on this next one. At Ohio State, that's a loss. Uh, again, I used on some funky things at Ohio State and flirted with victories. Even uh, excluding the COVID year, they've had games where they played pretty well and let it get away from them. I don't even know that that's going to be the case this year. I think Ohio State is really, really, really damn good. Um, IU just doesn't remotely have the firepower to keep up with them. Unless something drastic changes during the season and suddenly Indiana has this high-octane offense that nobody sees coming, really, um, they just that alone, they're not going to have the firepower to keep up with this. Maybe they're able to um, frustrate CJ Stroud as they did Justin Fields during that COVID year uh, and force him into some mistakes. But even then IU had to go all out offensively to keep up with Ohio state. I just don't see that being the case this year. Have this one as a loss at Michigan state to follow again, I really like Mel Tucker. It seems like he's really turned this Michigan State program around. Uh, going up to East Lansing um, hasn't been a walk in the park for Indiana. Uh, so this will be a tough one. Um, I I think I put – I'm pretty sure I put this one in the toss-ups – or excuse me, in the upset bid category when we put the games into tiers last week. I would imagine I would have put this at the very end of it because this is going to be a tough one for Indiana. They did play Michigan State well last season. Maybe that maybe they're able to do something similar this season. Uh, again, I'm not. I, I I'll I'll have to see it to believe it when it comes to this Indiana team. Uh, I think their defense is going to be really good, but there's just so many questions about the offense right now that it's hard for me to predict them to do a whole lot this season until I see what, what they're going to be able to do. So with that loss, Indiana will no longer be bowl eligible. Uh, they'll drop to seven losses with that one, four and seven, which means in my kind of scenario, they head into the Purdue game, not able to, to seal bowl eligibility. I don't think that's going to matter this year because uh, they're really going to want to get that old looking bucket back. There's also a decent chance that Purdue is, playing for bowl eligibility in that one. Uh, Purdue is good this season. I should say good for the uh, West division. Um, They're going to open with Penn State. I would take Penn State in that one. Indiana State, Syracuse, FAU, I would take Purdue in all those. Uh, But then you have games against Illinois, Northwestern that should be wins. So that right there is five wins. Even if they lose to all of Maryland, Nebraska, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, God, how do they get this schedule? This is unbelievable. I would kill for this schedule. Even if they lose to all those, they can go into that uh, Indiana game with the chance to be bowl eligible. I'm, I get so frustrated looking at this random Big Ten West schedule. They get Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Northwestern, and us uh, in that Penn State game while we get Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, oh, I hate it. I hate it every time. But there, there is a chance Purdue goes in this game with a win ceiling bowl eligibility as if there needed to be more motivation in this one. Uh, I think this rivalry game always gets both – I won't say always because last year IU was not motivated. More often than not gets both teams motivated. Uh, and if Indiana can cap off the season with the old Oaken bucket, 
which I'm going to predict IU to win this game. I'm not going to predict Purdue to win ever. Um, I guess I just did, but uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to predict Purdue to win against IU. I should say. Uh, so if if that is the case, and IU goes five and seven this year with the old Oaken bucket, without question, I think objectively true that is a successful season. For me, and this can be a podcast in and of itself, and it probably will be as we move closer to the season. We talked last year, what is a successful season for IU football? It's entirely subjective, but for me, just showing improvement, showing that you're able to regain that momentum to take those steps forward from last year. I don't even necessarily want to put a number of wins out there as some type of benchmark to reach. I would probably say more than two. Uh, improve on last year's record, but five and seven with the old Oak and bucket. I think you have a good amount of the momentum back and you're able to really take some steps forward. Again, you're able to sell to um, recruits and to fans that 2021 was more of a flash in the pan that IU is still a capable football program and that they're building it right back up and that they're not staying down. I think that's the biggest thing. I, you cannot stay down for long, or you lose all the momentum that Tom Allen built. Um, so this is an important year in that regard. They have to show that last year was a flash in the pan. Again, five wins and a and a old oak and bucket, that shows that. You end the season on a high with the, the players dancing around with the old oak and bucket, and we're getting selfies on – on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot, that's a that's a huge victory. And in this scenario, you just need one of these kind of toss-up games, whether at Nebraska versus Maryland. Uh, I guess those are really the main two that you're looking at. If you get one of those to go your way, you're bowl eligible. And bowl eligibility, my word, if Indiana is able to bounce all the way right back up to bowl eligibility, to me, any season that you're bowl eligible is a successful season. I, I said that even last year, even when it – felt like we should be aiming for eight, nine, 10 wins. Bowl eligibility is the benchmark for a successful season, um, no matter what, no matter what the circumstances are. So if IU is somehow able to get to a bowl game, my word, what a what a difference in, in vibe that would be because uh, things are pretty doom and gloom right now, and Indiana needs to build that momentum back up. So uh, – like I said, we'll we'll have some more discussions. What a successful season looks like. Um, some thoughts about this Illinois nonsense at the start of the season. I think we'll do that later in the season or later in the week. Excuse me, might bring a guest on to talk about some of that. Uh, tomorrow, though, we are going to have Jason Jordan on for our weekly conversation about IU recruiting. We're going to talk about the 2022 class: Jalen Hood, Shafino, Malik Renault, Caleb Banks, C.J. Gunn. Uh, what all those guys are going to bring to the table, what, whether they're going to be able to be instant impact guys, everything uh, of that note. So really looking forward to that one tomorrow. Make sure you guys tune in then. Now know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Follow us on Twitter. If you have not already, subscribe to the podcast, leave a quick rating and review, all that fun stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, everybody have an awesome, awesome Tuesday in LEO.